Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Tactical Podcast, where we try to get under the bonnet of all things tactical and statistical at Brentford. I'm David Anderson, your host for today, and ahead of the match against Huddersfield on Saturday. For this episode, we're having a bit of a change of gear, so I've watched a bit of the Terriers this season, caught up on recent games, and I'm going to go through some of the facets of um, Carlos Corbrand's team, um, and just look at what Brentford have to watch out for, basically. Um, maybe some weaknesses, some areas we can exploit, and uh, how the team are doing. Um, so it's just, it's just going to be me, so bear with, and uh, yeah, hopefully we find this interesting. So a good place to start is um, maybe recap the previous game and not uh, in too much depth at all because I think um, it's not quite as relevant as um, maybe some other games that we played previously looking back at um, a future opponent. Uh, so the game finished 3-0. Um, uh, maybe just looking at the timeline of the, the shots, uh, you can see that Huddersfield struggled in the beginning and we, as we normally do when the game's tight, uh, took the initiative and and clearly we're winning on the shot count. There was a period where Huddersfield did come back into the game and created a few chances, but De Silva's goal on around the hour felt just and um, put us in the lead. But that's not to say that Huddersfield didn't um, create chances or, or have the ball or sort of have good possession of the ball and um, force the issue from their own sense. It, it definitely felt like this was a team learning a new system and trying to adopt that and then coming up against a team that were probably better than them at playing a similar system and being able to cycle a bit of pressure and then hit them hit them the other way. Um, a couple of late goals probably made the scoreline feel a lot more flattering than it deserved to be. But um, yeah, a difficult start to life for Corboran. Uh, what is interesting about going back to that match is um, uh, the shapes of the two teams. So Brentford obviously still in the 4-3-3 shape that served them well for a long time and on that day, Huddersfield themselves were in a similar shape, like a 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, however you want to swing it. Um, at the beginning of Corbrand's tenure, there's definitely a swaying of him opting for four centre-backs, um, three midfielders and three forwards, maybe moving into a 4-5-1 out of possession or a 4-3-3. Since then, there's been a bit more of a shift towards a 3-5-2 system where I think he's more comfortable and we see that a lot more often as the season progresses. So coming up against Brentford and losing in the manner he did, um, there were other games as well. I think there was a game against Stoke where um, Huddersfield in the 4-3-3 shape is just 
getting overrun and conceding far too many goals and uh, a couple of games against Wickham as well would have also maybe showed him that he probably needs to shore it up a little bit at the back and actually have a, maybe a third defender there. And we see this quite regularly from about September onwards, Corbran opting for the 3-5-2 system. So it gives him the integrity of the three central midfielders up against to compete with most other teams in the league. But it also gives him three at the back as a good base to build from. But also just sitting under the ball, like three defenders who aren't doing too much in possession, moving forward with the ball. They're just quite static and positionally sound. Um, and Saar... A uh, big pickup from um, Charlton, relegated Charlton last season, has been quite important on that left-hand side since since moving to a three. Um, so the defeat back uh, back in September to Brentford was probably the beginning of the end of this four-three-three system being his main system. I think it changed since then, and we've seen him flip between the two. But there's definitely a preference for the three-five-two uh, since around January, I believe he came in. Keo has been quite a big part of that, sitting in the middle of a back three. So he's able to pick up the ball from the goalkeeper and then spread it wide or pop it into central midfield. And uh, he's quite important to the system working. I think Saar sits to his left and um, Edmonds Green's to the right. And they they make a solid base back there. They're, they're, they're not going to be pulled out of position easily. They're, they're quite static and they, they hold their positions well and um, they'll compete with anything going in the box in the air. And they're OK playing out short as well. So... Corbran's seen a bit of a problem when they when they are a bit more open in a back four, and he needs more work from um, Jonathan Hogg. So instead, he's just said, "No, I'd, I'd rather go for a wing back system with a back three and a back five, and just have Pippa working hard on the right, and um, uh, whoever he can get onto the left." Um, it sometimes flips between Rowe, and um, sometimes Pippa will be out there himself as well. So injuries have played a bit of a part. Um, I think, as we've seen throughout this season, Corbran's had to adjust and. Um, with adversity, I, th- I think he has adjusted quite well. Um, so before I expand a bit more on their shape, I think um, just looking back to the four-one-four-one or four-two-three-one um, that Huddersfield played, a number of the players that played against Brentford back on that second day of the season aren't going to feature again, and um, this is probably symptomatic of why we see so much sort of flip-flopping in formation and so many changes that Corbrand's had to deal with throughout the season. And flexibility is something he'll be used to um, working with Bielsa. So Diakabi won't be playing in this game. Um, Josh Karoma's obviously injured as well. Toffolo's also injured. Schlinder's uh, injured as well. Um, Stearman is sort of out of favour now. And Hamer, also the keeper as well, won't be there. So it's good sort of 50% of the team that played against Brentford won't be featuring this game. So the team has had a real facelift since then in terms of shape and personnel. Yeah, so let's delve into a bit of this shape then. So it's a 3-5-2 we're seeing mainly from Huddersfield now. And I think um, the last couple of games they've played, I think we've seen it three times in a row now. And uh, coincidentally, they've come up against three other teams facing them who've played a similar shape as well. So whether that's Corbran trying to match up with the opponent and um, nullify some of the opponent's strengths and um, uh, try and sort of tighten up these games, it's uh, only he'll really know that. It looks that that kind of way. I think um, Sheffield Wednesday was a 1-1 draw. Um, impetus from Darren Moore, a much more confident team and getting the ball forward quicker. He's matching them up with a 3-5-2 as well. Um, a good win against QPR where they played a similar shape too, a 3-5-2, um, nullified QPR's wing-back threats with their own wing-backs. So whenever the wing-backs got the ball, they came up against their own and vice versa. It was, um, it was quite a tight game, which Huddersfield pipped um, QPR to a 1-0 victory. And and then um, also uh, playing against Cardiff as well, the match before that, which finished in a 0-0 draw where Cardiff um, themselves played a 3-5-2 system. So we're seeing Corboran maybe second-guessing what his opponents are doing here and actually liking the formation himself and liking some of the benefits he gets. So 
he's got the three situational defenders who will positionally put themselves deep that they like to stay deep they're not um they're not pulling out into the halfway line they're not really moving advanced Saar covers that left central back area um moving out to the left and controlling that zone Keo's very central and then to his right uh you've got uh, Edmonds Green controlling the right center back area um it's a good base to build from so I think if you think about that back threes um can be a little bit too deep but uh, good defensive ideas there. So just in front of them, we have Jonathan Hogg and Bakuna. They form a bit of a double pivot. I think Hogg has a little bit more of a sitting tendency and Bakuna will push on a little bit more and just try and pressure people on the ball a bit higher up the pitch. But Hogg is the one that will sit mainly. Um, and then throughout a match, he'll pull Bakuna side by side and, or it will be O'Brien, one or the other. But O'Brien does tend to be a little bit more of the advanced with Bakuna joining in later. So it's that... It's that five, really, that we see that's always underneath the ball or tries to sit back. So we've got the three at the back and then two in front. Uh, the wing-backs are quite interesting in this um, formation. They they perform like wing-backs. Um, Pippa's very attack-minded naturally, but he can be pulled back. And one of the weaknesses, I think, with this team is that that they can fall into this back five and just be very deep and very narrow. And uh, when, you're, when you're under a manager, he wants you to play out often. If you're this deep and you start to play in situations when you probably shouldn't or you should be getting rid of the ball, it can count against you. And we can see them giving away the ball in quite dangerous positions, actually. Um, but Pippa himself um, does have a lot of responsibility down that right-hand side. I think this watching them a little bit, there is a little bit of a weakness down this right-hand side because uh, O'Brien, Bakuna and Hogg tend to drift over to the left. You don't get that midfielder rushing out to the right to block off that side of the pitch. And then from the front line, there isn't really anybody uh, from Campbell or Mbenza shielding that right or dropping back into the right area. So you can get these big gaps down that side between um, the front and uh, the the right back, uh, sorry, the right wing back, um, Pippa, who is attack-minded himself, so he's supposed to provide that width. But if he gets pulled back into that back line, then he has no other option but to just sit there and wait and uh, and try and dribble or pass the ball out when he does, if he does make a challenge or block across or, or turn the ball over. So Pippa is definitely a positive for this team. Um, I've mentioned him in maybe a sort of a defensive capacity of being pulled back, but. Uh, during this international break, he's actually played three times for the Spanish under twenty ones um, in the uh, under twenty one Euros that are going on. Um, really important player for them, so I'm not sure how happy they'll be about that. But it could be beneficial to Brentford in that um, one of Huddersfield's most energetic and progressive players has played quite a bit of football in this gap, and it it may come to nothing. But that's probably an area that, that Brentford will look at and just try and push Sergi Canos really high and and commit Pippa into 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 his running game and making sure that he is recovering well and um and just making sure he's up to the task basically, just testing him as often as possible. Um other positives and standout players in this team is it's really the midfield. I think they're really recognisable now. It's the three. Um Hogg not so much because of I think in a defensive capacity he might get lost and not appreciated as much, but he does a good job sitting there. But it's really the two in front of them that I think are quite interesting. It's Bakuna and O'Brien. So um, as a pair, these um, they both do all, both sides of the game. So they'll do the defensive side, they'll do the attacking side. Um, good energy about them. Um, picking up the ball, so out of possession. They, Corbrand looks to have this system where it's sort of a hybrid of what they do at Bielsa's team and Leeds. Um, there's a man-marking element to it, and I think this is where they get caught out a little bit. You can clearly see that they're looking to pick up men when they're off the ball, and there'll be one player that plays... Um, that looks to pressure the person on the ball and then the other two midfielders will be looking to try and pick up a man individually and I think 
that's a good concept and I think it's good if you're team specific like that but there are other players that just look to be picking up zones and I think they can get caught between who should be zonal and who should be doing the man-man picking up and this little indecision or this movement between those two off the ball systems can allow the player that's on the ball attacking Huddersfield just a, a split second of speed or, or or a second to to maybe dribble forward maybe when he shouldn't have been able to because there's not enough cohesion or pressure on him that he can pull the system apart and then all of a sudden Huddersfield can be broken again. So the positives for these two players are that they are energetic and they, they work really hard off the ball and um, when they do get the ball back, they're confident enough to play a good short passing system and then look forward or have the energy to, to break forward themselves. But at the same time, what they're being asked to do defensively and also on the ball is quite a sophisticated um, set of demands and they might not have the full ability to carry it off I think um, they're nearly there and it's I think a lot of their problems stem from the fact that they're being asked to to carry out a system that um, requires good on the ball ability and then good off the ball uh, skill set and quite a high demand um, game that is not easy to pick up and um, we're probably only seeing the best sides of it now because it's taken maybe 20 or 30 games for it to sink in so Lewis O'Brien is well known to championship sides now um, he's a left-footed left-sided central midfielder um, big defensive off the ball work rate uh, he does a lot of the man marking and then some of the pressuring when um, teams have the ball really good turn of pace from a standing start I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, good couple of touches and can evade challenges really well. Has a little bit of that, the way that Wilshire can, or used to be able to glide past the player, just moving, shifting the ball onto his right side with his left um, and cutting in field. Um, 
intricate player like can line break um good passes forward um if you're if you're not prepared or if you just sit in your shape and just waiting and trying to block him off i think you can get a little bit stung and he'll move past you or he'll look for a pass he needs to be pressured on the ball and made um his job basically made harder instead of um giving him time and space otherwise he will breeze past um he's got a really dangerous left foot as well from outside the box i'm not scared to shoot and um as we've seen the season go on as well i think his right foot has been developed and i don't know if this is Corbrand, maybe to give him a bit more of a rounded game and not be so obvious on his left but um especially against QPR it's noticeable how many shots he took on his right or or the play he he moved onto his right and didn't feel like that that stopped his game at all it it just continued and he was able to get a pass off or or move the ball into an area to shoot with his right foot so Brian's job is really to get the ball forwards it's to it's to work hard out of possession but really once he picks up the ball he's looking quickly to move the ball into the final third or or out wide to a wing back that's um supporting and generally um, just help get the ball upfield basically if there's a if there's an opportunity or an opening or a weakness he's to drive forward into it um, as the game moves on he tends to move back a little bit as well I think um, in the first half maybe the first three quarters of a match he's um, he's pushed on offensively but then in that set, that final quarter of a match you see him drop back and maybe Bakuna takes a little bit of the attacking reins I don't know whether that's a fitness thing I don't know if he's managed through games but it's it's noticeable when watching and yeah, we mentioned it already, he, he mainly operates on that left side of midfield, so strong down the left, but because of his tendencies to stray that position and the position he plays, um, there is an opening on the right side of midfield where Hogg or Bakuna probably tend to stay away from as well. So a little bit on Bakuna, another key part of this um, Huddersfield team, um, really good athlete, um, uh, a bit more I sort of look at him as a bit more of a box to box midfielder like he's very good on the ball in set piece areas he takes a lot of the free kicks or or swings the ball in and then um he's also really good at moving into the box late as well i think something else actually noticeable from the qpr match was how he actually got the winner in this game but it's it's also how he late arrives or gets into the box on the back of attacking play and um yeah, find space in the box. It's a really good skill. Um, unmarked, good strike on him as well. Not afraid to hit it from um, first time or connect with it well first time. Um, good defensive work as well. I think that probably goes unnoticed with him, how much um, pressure he puts in, how many balls he does win back and uh, um, able to look forward as well. So not only cycling, recycling possession, but he's able to, to move the ball out wide or, or get it forward into the front players. Yeah, so there are many good sides to Bakuna's game. I think um, uh, he's a player that definitely needs to be watched as well. I think if if Brentford do get into that um, that flat back, um, so the four three three, but a flat midfield three and a flat three in front, and just sit in that position, then um, it can be it can be quite tight and hard to get through centrally. But Bakuna O'Brien are more than confident enough to push through that and just dribble with the ball and. Um, Brentford can't sit sit in that shape too often. I can't. I'm not sure this is a game where if they do funnel out wide, it's not probably the best idea because of the wing back system. But also these midfielders would just look to break past them as well. So there needs to be um, there needs to be someone meeting meeting Bakuna and O'Brien on contact when they're picking up the ball. And I think that's where Norgard and Yanel will do well in this game. They'll be told not to not to sit off these because they do have the ability to move past them. I briefly mentioned it earlier, but. Um, it's noticeable about this three-five-two system for Corbaran's team that um, against a similar system like that, the three-five-two, if they come up against another three-five-two, there's a bit of a match-up and um, a payoff between the two teams where 
um, you can see that the wing backs are blocking off fellow wing backs, and um, the midfield three are coming up against three, and then the back three themselves are coming up against two forwards, and it's all quite nice, and they like it. I think against a little bit of a four-three-three variation coming up against the wing backs, they'll probably um, be looking to build up more and basically get more joy out of their build-up phase. So I, I think against um, QPR and especially Sheffield Wednesday, they they're a little bit nullified. Against Brentford's 4-3-3, they'll be quite happy to move the ball wide and expect that to turn into better possessions than against um, a fellow 3-5-2 player. So Brentford need to be wary of that as um, as well. I think there's going to be a lot of good work from Sergi Canos defensively. I think uh, Mads Beck-Sorensen will likely continue a left-back, but Sergi Canos will he'll want to be on the front foot and causing and making the making the play in this game and um, testing testing Huddersfield, but. If um, if he doesn't pick up, say, Pippa plays on the right wing back position, he could play on either either left or right wing back. Um, Sergi Canos could be caught up field, and we could see this moment similar to how we saw Derby exploit um, uh, the wide areas when Brentford couldn't get out. Brentford midfielders couldn't get out wide enough to stop that um, play. We're going to need a little bit more work from Sergi, I think, just maybe tracking back and keeping an eye on Pippa on the outside, um, just so that that wing doesn't become exposed. So things for Brentford to look out for and what could be deemed as weaknesses for Huddersfield and positives for themselves is um, the three-five-two. So I briefly mentioned that they can be a little bit caught between this man-marking system and then this zonal midfield system where um, they're just marking the spaces and a, a player being adventurous on the ball can get away and cause um, cause the shape to fall away a little bit and then create a transitional moment when it shouldn't really be on. Um, they're a little bit susceptible when a team does move into that dribbling phase and um, just pushes forward and gambles a little bit and uh, it can disrupt the 3-5-2 and get running in on the back three. Um, also what disrupts them as well is I think a couple of short passes just moved around and then something Brentford are doing a lot now is just that chip ball into Tony and I think this is a game where that will be probably quite beneficial. I think it's looked a little bit laboured and, um, uh, and second rate in some recent games but in this match... It could be beneficial just to just to speed up the play and get the ball forward quicker before Huddersfield are able to settle. So when Tony has pulled out to maybe the left or right wing and he's looking to pick up the ball, if he is um, just taking a quick touch and then knocking it on to maybe Canos overlapping or, or back inside to uh, Yanel to Norgard and then moving into the box himself, it's that moment where... Um, Keo or Saar have had no one to mark or they're, they're, they're caught looking at the ball and looking at that phase that's in front of them to the right or left that at that stage and Bemo on the other wing should be moving inside and trying to do something on the blind side or looking for a pass outside of the main player outside of everyone's vision and or looking to receive the ball sorry from a pass and that's where Brentford could probably catch them out so it's it's the chip ball into Tony him controlling it and then that phase around Tony what happens next and who's looking to receive the ball and then him moving into the box himself could be a way that um, Brentford not only pull Huddersfield out of possession but um, just speed up the play a little bit um, themselves so overall Corberan's um, probably had quite a difficult time I think um his ideas have probably been stalled by big injuries um Josh Caroma's one uh, Pritchard as well um Schlindler at the back and um, I, I think he's adjusted well and he's looked at the market and brought in some players and one he's also brought in there's a bit of unknown actually it's um, Nias uh, as a free agent he's been at Everton recently um, and he, he's just a complete unknown at the moment we don't really know we don't really know what his fitness levels are like he could be outstanding and he could be one of the fittest players on the pitch because he's just had a break or the intensity of these games could be too much for him and 
he it, it just passes him by but make sure that he he doesn't get a free sight of goal easily or he is tested if he is on the ball so overall the shape for Huddersfield will continue to be this 3-5-2 I think um, and Benza will start up front with Campbell um, we know the midfield three will likely be Hogg, Bakuna and O'Brien um, the three behind are likely to continue with all being fit of course um, Esmond Green, uh, Keo, and um, Nabi Sarr to the left and uh, in goal continuing with Schofield who's um, who's done okay actually I think um, it's probably something that I skipped past actually just um, confident enough to sort of pop it short into Keo when they're trying to build up and play out but also not afraid to go long and um, uh, yeah also a, a quick speed as well I think looking like you're about to play short but then all of a sudden going long quickly the just having the confidence to do that is um, a good way to build attacks or, or test a back line who might just be slightly switched off or not ready for um, for a long ball coming forward towards them so um, a good team um, probably not quite reflected as bad as their well, I think their lead position is a little bit harsh on them. I think they could be better and stronger and up the table. I think um, uh, a lack of shots has probably held them back and goals at pivotal times. But games of late are a lot tighter than um, uh, they have been at previous points in the season. And it's definitely Corbran accepting that uh, maybe he does need an extra defender on the pitch to give... Um, his midfield three even more of a chance and then does he need three forwards I think he's just accepted that maybe two works in this system and using the strengths of the midfielders and Pipper out wide um, he can get what he needs in attack as well uh, so Brentford themselves um, don't expect too many changes I think um, Josh De Silva still injured so the midfield is likely to still be Yanelt, Norgard and Jensen to start um, Mark Andes may play depending on his fitness but um I, I presume it would be those three, uh, Canos and um, and Bemo out wide. Um, Mazbek Sorensen has been a bit of a star for the international um, week. Uh, for the under-21s, he's played a lot of football, almost flawless performances against um, a number of teams in Euro under-21s. Um, but we expect him to continue at left-back, having just played centre-back for the last three matches. But yeah, he'll probably slot in at left-back, depending on fitness. Um, and then Frank has a bit of selection I think to decide on here because he's got Reed fit he's also got Pontus Janssen fit and um, as far as we know Pinnock come back, comes back fit as well and um, it might be right back where we see a bit of a change Roeslev may come in for Dalsgaard on that right hand side but we expect it to be the standard 4-3-3 shape we've seen from Brentford we just need to make sure that those selected are, are bang on and um, um, yeah controlling the ball well just holding up especially in the final third I think um there's been some serious doubts and questions over Mbemo and if he is selected again that he needs to make sure that Fosu isn't playing and um, the, the reason we're not missing Fosu basically we need more from him and um, Canos also on the left hand side as well sorry on the right hand side um, cutting in just making sure that as, as much as he can that these shots are, are worth taking and um, are testing the keeper instead of being maybe wild or blocked or, or another pass could be on um, Tony's had a bit of a break as well. He looked quite fatigued in the last few games. It might be good for him to have had a two-week break, sitting out and um, just recouping, um, ready for this, um, ready for this run-in. But yeah, big part to play in this one. I think um, if it does get stodgy in the midfield and the man-marking system from um, Huddersfield does work, then the balls chipped into Tony are going to be vital and him bringing others into play. Uh, so yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, just a few observations um, from Huddersfield and. Uh, give us some feedback let me know how it's gone and um yeah there might be some more best of luck to bees
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 